the debt ceiling showdown and the chaos at the border. Our top stories and the border is about to become even more chaotic with Title 42 ended. Trevor Loudon says it's time to stop the progressives from undermining America with communist policies. And then you see the Secretary of the Navy cited climate change as top priority as Biden proposes shrinking the fleet. Meanwhile, China now has the world's biggest Navy. And what is behind the influx of young Chinese men coming across the southern border? Gordon Chang explains some are saboteurs coming to wage the CCP's war on America. And how will the change in media landscape of Tucker Carlson's departure impact the 2024 election? Daniel Baranowski explains the big question. Where will Americans go to hear contrarian thought? Viewpoint this Sunday is next. the bias, the lies and deceit, and bring forth real talk from real people about real news, providing the out loud truth and capturing the essence of a new generation all in a fast-paced hour. This is Viewpoint This Sunday. Welcome to the Weekend News Magazine, Viewpoint This Sunday. It is indeed Malcolm Outloud here, and uh, happy Sunday to everybody here. Let's jump right into the news, and got a lot here on the broadcast today, friends. And, uh, uh, you know, this first thing, uh, the Dead Sealand Showdown, is, uh, is a Wild West uh, movie. Let's, let's start right there. Let's bring on Trevor Loudon as we jump into some of the early top stories here of the broadcast. Uh, Trevor, as you know, is an author, speaker, filmmaker, political commentator, is a, a political student of the game, I always say. Uh, pays attention to all of it uh, and pushes back against a, um, uh, an anti-communism agenda, and anti so all the things we love here that uh, we fight against every single day. Author of some spectacular books. He's a great author. And uh, also, he's got a brand new book out, in fact, that uh, officially launches tomorrow, but it is available. In fact, we just... Got it in the America Out Loud bookstore. It is on Amazon. Of course, you can get it anywhere. And it's also on the front page of America Out Loud. You'll see it. It's called House Un-Americans. House Un-Americans. And uh, it's, it's a series you'll be putting out there. Trevor, welcome on here to Viewpoint this Sunday, sir. Hey, thanks, Malcolm. Always a pleasure. H- hope you're well. Yes, doing marvelous. And uh, I know you're back from New Zealand. Maybe we have a chance to ch- chat about that a little bit. But I uh, love, uh, love the... Uh, uh, New Zealand. I uh, know you're just back from there, spending a few weeks uh, with uh, family and stuff. So we'll, we'll see if we can't do that. Let's start with this de- debt ceiling showdown, please. And so, all right. So uh, President Biden uh, has spent the last many, many months uh, challenging uh, the Republican establishment uh, to develop a plan. Show me a plan. Uh, this was in regards to the debt ceiling and the whole spiel there. And now, of course, the new House and uh, Speaker Kevin McCarthy have a plan that kind of eroded <laughs> uh, this uh, what uh, his plan was, because the Democrats plan was to just push them to get a plan. And he was able to yeah. pass that through, which surprised them. They didn't expect that, I don't believe. Uh, now it's going to come back to what are you cutting and what are you not cutting? What do you make of the strategy here on this uh 
Well, it's it's pure pure bluff, you know. Biden Biden's agenda is completely socialist, being pushed by the hard left of his party and and those around him. And so he was thinking the Republicans are going to do what Republicans have already done. You know, how long do they take to come up with a plan to counter Obamacare? Years and never came up with one. And he was thinking they would just keep divided, keep divided. They would never have a plan. And he could just push his agenda through and say, look, Republicans have no alternative. So now they have a plan. So he's on the back foot a little bit. And um, the Republicans need to keep pressing their advantage. They need to... Uh, not back down one inch, and basically, um, if it has to shut down the government, they shut down the government because yeah. they have a plan, and Biden doesn't. Yeah, so well, let's talk. Let's account. talk about that shutting down the government. Uh, that is always a tricky uh, uh, quicksand event when it happens, knowing which party is going to hurt the most. Uh, so this comes back to a PR campaign, is what it is. How this is perceived yeah. with the American people. Uh, basically, l- let me read you a couple of quick things on this point. Um, it, uh, Senator uh, Chris Coons out of Delaware says, if you reward hostage taken, it simply repeats. Uh, and he says, I don't expect the president to now say, oh, my gosh, you passed a bill with two votes that imposes draconian cuts across programs that most Americans would never support. Now I have to come and give you whatever you want. Now, here's the thing. How do you navigate these sort of things with voters? Because he, here's what I find, Trevor, is, and, and I've said this repeatedly, once you give it away, it's very hard to take it back. That's been the strategies of politicians for job security all along. This is how they built a massive sized government, in fact. They just keep giving more crap away, more free stuff, and it just builds the coffers of this, this over sized government we're dealing with today. So how do you navigate those uh, these cuts with voters to make sense of it? That's going to be the sticking point, isn't it? Well, it is. But, you know, Kevin McCarthy has, has, had, his, uh, has had a lesson on this, didn't he? When, when 20 Republicans basically said, you are not going to be Speaker of the House unless we get this, 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 and this. And they got all of those concessions, many of which are going to have great impact for our side and and going down the track, especially uh, McCarthy not being allowed to put money into primaries against conservatives. So here's a great example. McCarthy has been shown the power of just total no. The power, this is a no. There will be no more expansion of the welfare state. We will be going towards a balanced budget. This is the end. Most Americans understand uh, or the, certainly the voters who are likely to vote conservative understand that the government is way out of control and they want some resolute action to stop it. So here's a perfect chance for McCarthy to put into action what was done to him and do it to Joe Biden. And if it involves shutting down the government and involves some, some messy stuff and some bad PR for a while, that's what you do because it will rally the troops. It will rally... The, the people, the Republicans need to rally for 2024. This is a really defining moment. We saw the contempt that was heaped on Republicans when Mitch McConnell completely caved to that massive spending bill. Mm-hmm. We saw that, mm-hmm. saw that to spirit the Republican base. Well, here's a chance for McCarthy to right the ship and, and stand his ground resolutely no matter what.
Yeah, because they keep compromising on, you know, really the compromising point that these parties do is how, you know, what what level of bankruptcy are we going to endorse here, um, basically, uh, when they come and they negotiate things. So you're saying maybe if they stay uh, steadfast and they fight this fight that maybe it's a, a um, the public opinion might sway uh, to uh, the uh, Republicans that they might be able to pull that off. It's uh, it's going to take, it's not been a strong suit for them though, Trevor. They're, they don't have a oh, lot of no. unity, you know? Well, that's right, because they've never been strong before. Right. But here is a chance to do that. Yeah. We saw what a minority could do to get concessions out of Kevin McCarthy. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think this is, a, well, what's the alternative? You cave into I know. I know. You, I know. You cave in, and and that uh, sets the stage for an election. What kind of a job do you think McCarthy's doing uh, so far? You know, I, I'm just wondering, listening to you and, uh, and thinking about McCarthy and all. You know, nobody expected crap from him. Nobody expected anything, frankly. Uh, it, it, you know, when, when you come into office and you're very unassuming and you make the right strategic moves, you can really shine and rise to the top. Versus being overexposed and like, you know, thinking you're going to be a winner, then you fail. Maybe uh, maybe there's something with McCarthy. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I, I think he's got religion to a little degree. You know, I think he's, uh, mm-hmm. he's held his heat felt, ha- had his feet held to the fire. Right. And he knows the only way forward is to give the conservative base what he wants. The only way he's going to keep his job is to give the conservative base their agenda. And so I think he's done a lot of good stuff. I think he's been moving in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Um, I, do I think he would have done it had he uh, had 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 he, had he not faced that challenge in the Congress? I don't think so. Good point. But I'm good point. I'm I'm grateful that he's doing it. And um, yeah. yeah, we need to be behind him on this. We need yeah. there needs to be no compromise. We we can't compromise any further with the communists yeah yeah that's right that's right uh you 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 have some really good points here and uh, uh p- potentially he does have a little more political religion in him as to understand that what works and what doesn't work very fascinating we'll see what happens with this but it might be what we needed at this moment of time potentially i don't know i'm not suggesting it is or it isn't i don't really know because there's so many uncertainties. But uh, let me now drill down to something that is, uh, I think, a really interesting question you put out there, so much that I actually am using it throughout the show here, because you took four blatant titles of four uh, mainstream articles and put them all together in a particular tweet, uh, social media post, which I thought was interesting. But you know, immigration is coming to a head is what's happening. Uh, Title 42 now, it, it, it is definitely going to boil over because there's no really turning back. Uh, they've already done that. And now it's coming to a moment of decision, which pushes back against Biden policy. So the, the four pieces you put out, one was Border Patrol releases plan for migrant surge as Title 42 and nears 40,000 a mass just feet away. Encapsulate all this in a in a message that says, keeping America safe. From what? What what do you think about I, I just thought that question really struck me as a, a very interesting question. What are what are we trying to keep America safe from? What are they? Well America and you know, the Democrats are trying to keep the country safe from conservatism and patriotism <laughs> and the constitution. Um by basically flooding the country with new people, new voters, 
who have no interest in the Constitution, no understanding of the American Constitutional Republic, but will vote um, as entitled New Americans for the Democrats in perpetuity. That's what they are trying to do. So when Mayorkas says the border is completely under control, he's right, because their idea of under control is complete open borders, because that's their agenda. But now we're seeing, you know, um, in New York, um, the mayor of New York is complaining that the immigrate, the illegal immigration is causing massive problems. They can't cope with it. Well, what about the people in Texas? What about the people in Arizona who haven't been able to cope with this for years now? Mm-hmm. Now it's getting to New York. It's a problem, right? Mm-hmm. And um, so, so basically the agenda is to destroy America through a complete uncontrolled illegal immigration. These people are doing this are Marxists. That's what they're doing. This is a revolutionary act. So, um, yeah, uh, <laughs> you know, the Biden administration is doing everything it can to keep the borders open and funnel taxpayers' money into this movement because this is 20, 30 million more Democratic Party voters, which is complete control going, you know, for here on out. So, mm. yeah, we are, we are keeping the country safe from freedom. We're keeping yeah. the country safe from the Constitution and the American way of life. That's what the Biden administration is doing. I hope people really understand the psychological spin of what we're talking about here and how dangerous all of this really, really is. The two top stories, the two top things we just spoke about, Trevor, uh, the debt ceiling showdown, the bankruptcy of America really is what it is. Uh, the immigration policies and the recklessness of everything that has transpired, which is beyond overflowing, but it's definitely railed. Both of these stories are competing with national security in ways that the average American really, I don't know, fully grasp. They've got to be the two biggest stories coming into 2024. Now, if the Republican class, that's a big if, because they don't do a lot of things well as far as tying their shoes and be able to walk and trip all over themselves. I mean, it's pretty routine for them. And, uh, but if they could play those two stories properly in, in a very American way that people really understand the gravity of these two points, I think you, this would f- filter into the election in pretty big ways, would it not, Trevor? Uh, look, I, I absolutely think so. And, and uh, you know, in the next few months, we're going to really feel the impact of, of these things. And the Republicans need to be positioning themselves to really, really hammer them home. Like I just read this morning that Argentina is going off the U.S. dollar as a, as a, um, yeah. for trading. Yeah. You know, there's a whole, as the U.S. economy is weakened by the crazed spending of the Biden administration, countries all around the world are starting to abandon the dollar as a reserve currency, as a trading currency. That means that America will no longer be able to spread its inflation all over the world. That means that the inflation will have to be dealt with at home. That means interest rates through the roof. And and how do we pay the national debt um, with interest rates of eight, nine, ten, twelve percent when we can't pay it now with interest rates of you know between zero and two percent. So so yeah, look, the, the Republicans should be perfectly positioned to play this because Americans are going to feel the impact of these policies very, very soon. Well they're feeling it now, but it's gonna massively um 
you know, massively increase over the next few months. I want to get your uh, thoughts, opinions on the uh, the, the release uh, of uh, Tucker Carlson, what took place there. It has great political implications uh, to some degree. You know, not everybody is a Tucker fan or not. I uh, fully understand that. Uh, but, um, you know, there's a lot of media spin happening on this, clearly, as to what really took place there. Uh, what does your gut tell you what to because you had Don Lemon get in the same day you had Don Lemon get tossed off. That that was unbelievable. And then uh, Tucker Carlson uh, was what uh, was the, you know, the, the cherry on top of that Sunday that uh, blew up there. Uh, big, big media landscape changes. How, how does this impact things? Well, I see this. What it proves to me is the progressive agenda trumps business trumps actual economic decision makings there's no way that you would call and Hataka hasn't been fired he's been basically told he can't he's still under contract he just can't say anything right so you know especially coming up to the election and this is so do you think they did this like, just to silence him is that possible yeah yeah oh, absolutely you know um and i disagree with tuck on certain things 90 95% he says is is spot on a few things I disagree with them on. Um, this is this is a terrible economic decision for Fox News. You know, this is going to hurt Sean Hannity and Hannity and Tucker are really all on Greg Gutfield are really all that was keeping Fox going, and and uh, they've lost their star. So this, but but the progressive agenda is more important than business decisions. Fox News understands that they are tied to the progressive future of the United States and Tucker Carlson is a problem. Uh, we're going to have a lot more on Tucker uh, and, and actually the change in media landscape uh, more toward the uh, end of the program, uh, friends. But uh, let me uh, move on here. And I, I just want to let's take the last moment. We just have a minute or two left here. And I just want to talk to you about uh, you just come back from New Zealand. Uh, it's your birth country. It's a magnificent, it's a beautiful paradise, really. Haven't been there personally myself. It is uh, it's amazing here. And it's gone through a lot of changes in the last many years. Uh, of course, it's had some political changes just recently at the top. Um, what is your sense, uh, briefly now, in leaving there? Uh, how, how did you feel about things? Well, we got rid of Jacinda Ardern, the Marxist, and we've got Chris um, Chris Hipkins, the Maoist, as the Prime Minister. So uh, New Zealand is undergoing a communist revolution now. Wow. But there's a group there called Voices for Freedom, which has got 120,000 members. Mm -hmm. There's new grassroots groups springing up everywhere. It's like the early days of the Tea Party movement. Mm -hmm. You know, there's marches, there's rallies, there's activity. So I, I was super excited. I, I spoke to five meetings when I was over there. I wasn't even intending to speak, but they knew I was there and they got me to speak. And, you know, 300 in one place, 200 in another just organized at two or three days' notice. So, so yeah, New Zealand is going communist very fast, but the backlash is is amazing, and we have elections coming up in October. Let me tell folks that new book now that is in the America Out Loud books. This is brand new from Trevor. And, you know, Trevor, you're at a point now, and I so appreciate and applaud what you're doing, but you're, you're at a point like some of us that you're just calling out the bad guys routinely. And I'm sure that's what this book is focused on called House Un-Americans. And I'm sure you're calling out the House of Representatives and uh, yes. some of the, yeah, some of that's the key point I take of that title. It's brand new. When I say brand new, I mean, it is hot, 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 hot off the press. Like right now, as you listen to Viewpoint this Sunday, 
It's in the America Out Loud bookstore. It's on the front page. It's in Amazon. It's wherever you want to go and get the book. But get the book and uh, support uh, this movement and and Trevor's um, voice. Uh, it's it's important. We need we need people like this. I mean, it's important. Trevor, it's always a privilege to uh, to have you here. I have to tell you, and um, let's stay close by as we move forward here, sir. Well, always a pr- always a pleasure too, Malcolm. Thanks for having me on and. Uh... Uh, and I wish everybody, all the listeners out there, a great Sunday. Please get re- relaxed today so you can get ready for the big week coming ahead. We're yeah. fighting for our liberty here. That's it. That's it. Take a deep breath all, and that's a good advice from Trevor. Up next, Gordon Chang joins us, and uh, we'll begin to take a look at some very serious stories coming out of China and uh, and, and the border and some other things here. Uh, stay right there, friends. More Viewpoint in just a moment. The America Out Loud talk radio app is on Android or Apple. It's the perfect way to listen in to the new generation of talk shows and hosts who are ready to inform and inspire. Whether you're an independent, a Democrat, or a Republican, one thing remains true. Airborne viruses love us equally. You've all heard Malcolm and the great Dr. Peter McCullough talk about the advanced nasal solution Cofix RX. Cofix is made in the USA and recommended by thousands of doctors and pharmacists nationwide. Spray goodbye to colds and flus with a Cofix Rex nasal solution cleanse. That's cofixrx.com. Save 20% by using promo code OUTLOUD at cofixrx.com. Maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created Immune Super Boost to help you strengthen your immunity. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Immune Super Boost is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed nutrients proven to support immunity, like vitamin C, D3, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code out loud. Welcome back to Viewpoint this Sunday. It is indeed Malcolm Out Loud here, yours truly, and always a privilege to be with you, my fellow Americans. Welcome into the broadcast, and uh, let's keep it going now. And I want to talk a little bit about uh, several things that involve China in a big way. And uh, thrilled to have on here, Gordon Chang joins us. And uh, now let me say a couple of things here. Uh, first of all, he's he's been a wonderfully successful author. He's the author of The Coming Collapse of China and The Great U.S.-China Tech War. Those books are in the America Out Loud bookstore, in fact, as we talk here. And they are on the front page, actually, of America Out Loud. They're on Amazon or any place you buy books, of course. And uh, Gordon has a a deep history of this and is one of the most, uh, I'd say, astute students of the game when it comes to everything China. Worked for many years in Hong Kong and Shanghai, in fact, and uh, uh, you see him all over the country speaking about these things. Gordon, it's a privilege to have you on Viewpoint this Sunday. Welcome in, sir. Well, it's a privilege for me to be on Viewpoint, so thank you so much. Let's start with this. Uh, what's happening on the southern border. There's a lot of military-aged Chinese men, uh, They is, it's being said, that are entering the United States. This has been happening for some time now. It, it just wasn't just this past week. And uh, so they're saying it's quite a large number of these uh, folks coming in uh, through uh, the uh, Darien Gap is one area which we reported on with uh, Gregorian at uh, Center for Immigration Studies just a week or so ago. And uh, what do you make of this here? What, is there anything behind this or is, is this coincidence or is there something more nefarious going on here? We have to be extremely concerned. Um, the number of Chinese crossing the Darien Gap has surged. You know, according to Panama's figures, um, the, there were 77 
um, Chinese who crossed the Darien Gap in 2021. That's the uh, gap between Colombia and Panama, um, which is in some ways almost impassable. Um, but last year, there were 2,000. Um, in the first two months of this year, there were 2,200. In March, from other figures, it appears that there were 3,000 Chinese coming across the border. Hmm. So we can see the surge. Now, virtually all of these people are, uh, are, are refugees. They're, they're people who are getting out of a very difficult China right now, um, which is going through so many problems. And you can understand why people are leaving. But as Michael Yan, uh, the great war correspondent who's at the Darien Gap reports, he's seeing more and more Chinese males of military age unaccompanied by family members coming across. And I'm sure that some of these are Ministry of State Security agents or some Chinese military. And these are saboteurs. These are the people who will um, attack our grid, poison our water, um, detonate bombs, assassinate mayors and police uh, on the first day of a war with China. And that really means, Malcolm, that unlike previous wars that America has been in, Americans will know that they are in the fight personally. This is one of the biggest dangers, I believe, from that open border that I've been speaking about pretty regularly, Gordon. And it is, you know, we're speaking about the, the young Chinese men in this particular case. But frankly, there's a lot of um, hostile uh, cultures coming across that border. And I suspect a lot of these people are going to be used at uh, a particular time um, that is appropriate to them to do great harm to America uh, I don't know if Americans really grasp what I'm speaking about, but this this is my one of my biggest concerns, actually, when it comes to that border. That, forget the economic uh, impact and the rest of it that surely has a, a part of this. But what we're speaking of right now, there's going to be a price to pay for this, isn't there, Gordon? I mean, this isn't going to this isn't going to blow over what's happening on that border. I'm talking about specifically. I, I have a bad sinking feeling on this. How about you? Well, definitely. Um, there is a price already in lives because of that open border, we're seeing more and more fentanyl come across. Exactly. Now, fentanyl is designed and manufactured in China, the precursors. They are sent to the Mexican cartels, which mix them, and then the cartels bring it across the border. Um, and uh, we're talking somewhere maybe eighty to 90,000 Americans were killed by doses of illegal Chinese fentanyl last year. Um, and this comes on the heels of about 77,000 Americans the year before. Unfortunately, we have a political establishment that can't use the words China and fentanyl in the first sentence, in the same sentence. So really what we are going through is a political system that uh, is failing to recognize what is happening. This is not just criminal activity as we understand it. These fentanyl gangs are large, they're well-organized, they're international in scope. In China's near-total surveillance state, the Communist Party knows exactly what's going on and indeed is profiting from it. Chinese diplomats support the fentanyl gangs, and the gangs launder their proceeds through the Chinese state banking system. So this is the Communist Party killing Americans, and we need to have a political establishment in our country that will recognize that. Do, do you envision uh, the the CCP uh, in these um, back rooms? I can only imagine. I, I God, I'd love to be a fly on the wall to see some of that uh, communication. But they have got to be. I, I'm, I'm just guessing, Gordon. But they got to be laughing, maybe. 
um, or they've got to be really understanding how stupid our political class here is in America. I, mean, I, I don't know how else to put it, but in simple terms, I mean, because we invite all of this in. It's by invitation. And we just we're like we're asking for this. I mean, we're, we literally are asking for this. Are we not, sir? Yes, we are. Um, we have, first of all, Americans in general are oblivious. Um, in February 1993, I think it was, uh, terrorists detonated a bomb under the North Tower, the World Trade Center. And we paid absolutely no attention to that until, of course, a day when Osama bin Laden killed 2,977 Americans. So it's, that's in general. But with regard to China, where the threat now is so obvious and where we're talking about it, we have a political class which is either corrupted or um, incompetent, um, and they don't understand what's going on. The Chinese declared a people's war, quote unquote, on us in May 2019. Right. We, the Americans, um, don't pay attention to propaganda, but in communist regimes, which are insecure, propaganda is absolutely important. And so history is going to say that um, we could have stopped this, um, but we had uh, presidents who didn't. And yeah. so this is on us. Yeah, This is on us. Do you think, honest to God here, do you think this is incompetency? And I really question this a lot. I know people in my circle do so, but is And I don't know. I mean, is it really incompetency or is there something more at play here? I wonder. Do you wonder that as well? There are two things. I said corruption and um, incompetence. You know, on corruption, right. um, in March, Hunt, a spokesperson for Hunter Biden's legal team said that a Chinese company paid um, Hunter, you know, a million dollars or so um, as, quote, good faith seed funds. Now, that's an admission of corruption because corruption is the only explanation why a company would pay that amount of money in these circumstances. Hmm. So we have to ask the question. Has China bribed the president of the United States? And from what we can see, um, and uh, the answer is yes. Um, money always leaves a trail. We will find out. But there's something else going on here, and that is, uh, as Robert Gates, the former defense secretary in the Bush and Obama administrations, wrote in his 2014 memoir, famously wrote, um, he said something like, uh, Joe Biden has been wrong on nearly every foreign policy and national security issue of the last four decades. So whether it is just uh, Biden is corrupt or whether he's a fool, it doesn't matter. Um, our country is at grave risk and we can lose our country, Malcolm, and we will lose our country unless we start defending it. Now, but let that sink in, friends. Just let that sink in what Gordon says there. Wow. On top of all that, Gordon, uh, there's uh, th this one here is another eye opener. So our Navy secretary has uh, made climate change the top priority uh, as the uh, as Biden as the administration is uh, shrinking the fleet. The, it, all right. So the Navy has asked for more <laughs> and they're getting less. And the Biden has said, we're going to give you less. They're, they're going to cut some of these uh, ships out. And the, and the Secretary of the Navy says, I can tell you that I have made climate one of my top priorities since my first day I came into office. China's building their Navy. I mean, they right now have, a, I mean, don't they have a bigger Navy right now than the United States? Is, is that a fact? That is a fact. And also, um, as you point out, uh, the Biden administration's budget for the Navy and for the Pentagon overall 
uh, is less than it uh, was last year uh, after taking into account inflation. Um, but there's also, there, there are a couple of problems here. It, it's not just uh, the failure of the Biden administration to understand what's going on. We also have a Navy establishment, and this is true in the Air Force as well, um, that is, uh, adopts this divest to invest um, doctrine, which is to take ships and planes out of service now to pay for the force of the 2040s. Um, and that is um, misguided, um, to say the least, because uh, the risk from uh, China is now. It's not in the 2040s. Um, we have got to get through the next three or four years. If we do that, I think we will be okay for a number of reasons. Hmm. But right now, there's a period of extreme vulnerability, and the Biden administration is totally oblivious to it. Hmm. So you see this boil into a head, and I've been seeing some of your remarks on that. And what you just say a moment ago here. Oh, that's a critical warning. That's a, that, that's a uh, clarion call to uh, the public. Um, you're, you're thinking these next few years are vital. You, you think it's on the surface of something really boiling over with China. They're on the move like never before, aren't they? They're on an accelerated timetable. They're malicious. We don't understand them. They have domestic pressures um, that I'm pushing Xi Jinping toward war. I don't think we understand that. We've got a Pentagon that thinks that if there's going to be war, it cannot come before 2027. And that is, um, that misperceives so many different things. If nothing else, you know, Malcolm, I don't worry so much about Xi Jinping waking up some morning and saying, um, I'm invading Taiwan or Japan this afternoon. Right. I worry about the dangerous intercepts in the global commons. Chinese planes and ships are approaching ours in very, very belligerent and provocative ways. They're right. tempting uh, us. And, and really what could happen is if there's an accident, and there have been accidents in the past, um, this could spiral downward very quickly because the Chinese political system has become militarized. And it means that only hostile answers are considered to be acceptable, which means that if there is an accident, um, China cannot act reasonably. They cannot act constructively, which means there probably will be a spiral down to conflict. Mm. So uh, the Pentagon is oblivious to this, mm. I think. They do not understand that that's the way war most probably will start. They're just thinking, oh, you know, we only have to be concerned about Xi Jinping deciding to launch an invasion. No, that that is, of course, a concern, but it's not the greatest concern. And that's interesting what you put out there. You put a uh, statement out um, just a couple of days ago. Something is going to go wrong in the South China Sea because China is determined to provoke an incident. The Chinese military is itching to kill. Um, so this provocative nature you're speaking about, you are you believe in okay so are they in search of that spark is this the moment you think because biden's in there as well and it's, this isn't just about biden naturally but it's a whole regime and a cabal of people uh, and we we become sort of like the keystone cops here gordon in our country do you see that as a bigger problem here yes well in the south china sea and east china sea you have um, the chinese navy uh, the russian navy the u.s navy Taiwan's Navy, Japan's Navy in close proximity to each other. And so that is, by definition, a dangerous situation. 
But you do have the Chinese trying to provoke things. So, for instance, last Sunday, a Chinese vessel um, almost caused a collision near right. Second Thomas Shoal in the yeah. South China Sea. Second Thomas Shoal is generally thought to be part of the Philippines. China claims it as its own, as it claims about 85 or so percent of the South China Sea. And so um, China is provoking these incidents. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's the reason why I'm you know, most concerned about Gordon, that I just got, I just got thinking with what you just said there. I mean, at this point, the way they're buying farmland up in the United States, they're going to be calling Chicago, Los Angeles, New York a part of their territory, no? <laughs> well, um, now that you mentioned that, Malcolm, um, Xi Jinping has been pushing the Chinese imperial era notion that Chinese emperors have not only the mandate of heaven to rule Tianxia or all under heaven, but that heaven actually compels them to do so. So they do believe that uh, they are the only legitimate state in the world. And indeed, since 2017, Chinese officials have been talking about the moon and Mars as sovereign Chinese territory. Wow. So these are the most ambitious aggressors wow. in history. In, in your book, uh, The Common Collapse of China, which I've had intel experts speaking about that same point, the life on the ground there in China is uh, not what's portrayed uh, in the media here. But there's a whole nother story there, clearly. And you say, peer beneath the veneer of modernization since Mao's death and the symptoms of decay are everywhere. Deflation grips the economy. State-owned enterprises are failing. Banks are hopelessly insolvent. Foreign investment continues to decline. And Communist Party corruption eats away at the fabric of society. Now, how do you recommend the U.S. deal with China right now in the near future, the, this next few years, which are going to be so critical, as you mentioned? What's your recommendation? How do we deal with this? Because they're making a game out of this thing, our politicians, as they always do. Yes. Well, first of all, we have to recognize um, China's challenge to the United States, and that is they are conducting a campaign of unrestricted warfare which is the title of that infamous 1999 book by then two Chinese Air Force colonels. And they are actually engaged in that right now. Um, you know, they're stealing hundreds of billions of dollars of U.S. intellectual property each year. They're killing Americans with fentanyl. Um, they're fomenting violence on our streets. And you mentioned farmland just a few moments ago. Um, I think they're making preparations to plant invasive species in the United States. Two years ago, uh, three years ago, they, um, there was that outbreak of seeds that were being sent unsolicited to American parties from China. Those were invasive species. Um, they're buying a lot of farmland. Um, they could easily plant seeds um, to blight American agriculture. And we need to pay attention to the, that possibility. We know that Chinese in places like Oklahoma are engaged in very disturbing activities on their land. Um, they're patrolling their land with machine gun guards. Um, they build fences there, not to keep people out, but to keep people in. There are allegations that China's Chinese parties have been conducting human trafficking operations from farmland in Oklahoma. Um, there's illegal drug cultivation there. There's triad murders on um, Oklahoma farmland. This is serious. We don't need any more crime in this country than we already have. Mm. And so really, we need to get uh, Chinese parties off of our farm and ranch land. 
Yeah. And, and, you know, what we're speaking about now and the crux of this, Gordon, is it's not a it's not a kinetic war we're really going to be concerned with here. It's a cognitive war is what we're dealing with. And this is really uh, correct me on this, but I, I believe this is a weak point of our leaders and our nation. China wins that war hands down at, the, at this point, do they not? Unless something is done, they will. And that means they will take over our country. And I know that sounds impossible to Americans, mm -hmm. but we have seen events which were once thought to be inconceivable occurring in our country over the last couple of years. So it is time for us to recognize the gravity of the situation. Yeah, that is a... Uh... A good place to end there is a uh, a rallying call to get people engaged uh, with uh, with what we're speaking about here. It's more than just a talking point, uh, for sure. Uh, Gordon Chang, you are an incredible voice and just a calm voice in a sea of craziness out there. Thank you for your contributions, what you do. I know you work very hard out there in media. I mean, we see you. And thank you for being here with us on Viewpoint this Sunday, sir. Well, thank you so much, Malcolm. I appreciate it. Okay, my friends, we're going to take a quick pause now and return in just a moment here on this uh, media landscape change. Uh, stay right there. More Viewpoint in just a moment. AmericaOutloud.com. If you can't find it here, you can't find it anywhere. We are the pulse and voice of everyday American thought working hard to earn your trust for seven incredible years and counting. America Out Loud Talk Radio, liberty and justice for all. We know you love the versatility and portability of the Genesis Fogger, but sometimes you just want to set it and forget it. Well, we heard you. Introducing the UX4 HOCL Atomizer. This stationary unit quietly protects you and is perfect for smaller spaces. With over a quarter million units sold in Japan, it's now available in the United States. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to see the UX4 in action and receive a 15% discount on either Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company designed the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. Go to OutloudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. Welcome back into the broadcast and. the... Uh... I want to talk to you about the media landscape now and the changes of what's taken place beyond, uh, you know, when you hear Tucker Carlson, you hear Don Lemon, uh, but then you also hear this uh, other thing that's kind of impacted social media. I don't know if you all know what I'm going to talk about. Stephen Crowder also, very interesting story there. Uh, let's spend a couple of moments on that as well. Let's do it with our friend and uh, uh, brother here, Daniel Baranowski joins me. He's a retired healthcare management policy instructor at the Harvard University School of public health he is the host of the frankly daniel show it plays 9 a.m eastern time right here on america out loud talk radio brother daniel it's good to have you it's an honor to be here today with you malcolm thank you very much for having me 
What is your thought process as to why Fox made that move to let Tucker Carlson go in the way that they did? What was behind that, you think? Well, the heart of it, in my opinion, is that contrarian thought and the search for truth are just totally suppressed in the media today. And I think that Fox fell victim to that. First off, there was this fear that that Tucker was uncontrollable. Right. Same thing with his friend, Dan Bongino, at the station, who's also part of company. Right. And there was a fear that Tucker would say anything on air at any given time and that he thought he had license to do that. He, he sort of projected uh, several times in the way he talked about things. He was largely untouchable uh, at the station. And uh, I, there was the same fear with Bongino. But, but, you know, he had allegedly had a lot of inflammatory on-air remarks, but also off-air remarks in emails that had been uncovered as part of this recent litigation with uh, Dominion and uh, with Smartmatic, uh, uh, these these two voting machine vendors. In that case, that one hasn't happened yet. That's still coming. Well, the Dominion, you know, you're right. The Dominion settled it, but... Uh, Although Tucker's not responsible for any of those suits, he was brought a lot of the stuff that he had corresponded got brought into it, his offline right. comments. And a lot of those were rather inflammatory, particularly about women. Uh, there was an awful lot of uh, sort of hostile and discriminatory work environment language going on. And, and that added to that. And then they had this pushback from advertisers. And, and this is the strange uh, conundrum, even though there were more advertisers pulling away from advertising on Tucker's show. What kind of damage do you think uh, came from the fact that, you know, he was saying one thing to his public. Right. And yet he was saying another thing uh, through all of his internal communications and acting like a bit of a madman internally. So they say what kind yeah. of damage came from that, you think? Well, I, I, I think they just didn't like his even cruder comments about the positions he did take. He was a hate Trumper uh, or a Trump hater, uh, but at the same time, he really embraced Trumpism. And so you've got some of those contradictions that went on. So why do but you think I, that is? Hold on. Let's drill down to that a moment. Yeah. Why do you think that is what you just said? Why? I, I think he didn't like Trump's personality. And, but why and, was he saying something different to the public? Why Why was Why was that happening? When you say he embraced it, but yet, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, here's where the conundrum came in. Just last week, he had the largest viewership of any show he's ever done, over 1,300 shows there at Fox, interviewing Trump. And the fact that he even sat down with Trump and interviewed him and had great things to say about him, it ran for two nights, it, it captured it just sucked up the but entire hold on now. This audience. is after he called him names. He yeah, called him all kinds of things that are out there. So what do you, and Trump's Trump obviously knows that when he's yep. sitting with him, yep. Trump's using him as he's using Trump, obviously. Oh, abs absolutely. And what I'm driving to, is this all just a show of smoke and mirrors for the public? I mean, people believe this crap. I mean, well, I know. I think that I think that Tucker, even internally, Malcolm, was pretty true to what he said on the air. There may have been some things that I can't, I mean, I'm looking through the, the a wide array of things, everything from the war in Ukraine to white supremacy to immigration. You think he was being honorable there. with most of those things then? I You're think saying, that he really, what, I what think those were Trump? really, All right. I think they were really his, his positions. And I think that's why 
that was embraced. Uh, and I don't think there were too many things where uh, he did follow a couple of things that I think he may have been disingenuous with. Well, well hold on now. The, I want to still stay on this disingenuous. Now, you just made a very interesting comment. Yeah. But how does that portray to this Trump business? Why was that different, do you think? Why? You know, wasn't he know. disillusioning things? Wasn't he? Listen, let, let me just ask you. Sure, wasn't sure. he pulling the wool over his uh, over the public's eye? I mean, wasn't that it was a little more than disingenuous that you tell the public one thing, you're embracing Trumpism over here, and then you're calling the guy a freaking buffoon and all kinds of names in secrecy. Yeah, although he he said some pretty nasty things about Trump on the air, too. I mean, it, it the Trump is is really a different issue. You know, some of the there's there's a couple of areas that I think you're right on with. For instance, you know, when Sidney Powell came on and she was part of this yeah. uh, derangement syndrome that went on with the election, you know, she really felt the election was stolen. You know, he said some really nasty things apparently in emails. That well, let me interject here. Hold on now. Let me let you bring up Sidney Powell's name. In fact, I was going to send her a message the other day. Uh, since all this Dominion stuff, I wanted to see if she wanted to talk yeah, a little bit. Yeah, not, yeah. Just come on, Cindy. Let's, I'm not sure. How, <laughs> I'm not sure how open she is to that at this point. But I will yeah. say this: one of the things that has said that Politico did report on, uh, and and actually the Daily Beast did as well, is that his foul language. He had a very foul mouth, yes. and that yes. he would refer to Sidney Powell with the c word, the yeah, c yeah. word. And, yeah. uh, and beyond that, didn't that wasn't didn't stand for cute either. No, no. I mean, this was pretty nasty stuff. I mean, yeah. uh, no more than you would say the F word or the N word. Uh, the yeah. C word is also in that same caliber of words. Absolutely. You know, so no, absolutely. So how well, can somebody like this be? I mean, how do we say they're um, I mean, it's just, just somebody being a media personality. I'm, I'm talking I, about the language and the, the, the craziness sure. and. I don't know. Speak. I mean, I, you know, it, it it's hard to know how much the public has consumed of mm -hmm. this in the weeds kind of stuff, because you got to get into some of the depositions that were taken uh, during these lawsuits to find out, you know, uh, what was being said about. That's how most of this stuff is surfaced, really. From what I can tell, most of uh, Tucker's audience has stayed with him. That right. eight o'clock hour on Fox has cratered. All right. It is just absolutely crazy. Obviously, Murdoch had enough, right? Right? I mean, that's yep. fair to say. He had enough. And he's the one, it's been uh, said, that has made the decision and the yep. board. And the board actually was involved in this, I understand. So well, this I was think a they, yeah, they gave an, they gave an okay. I mean, there's been a lot of, you know, in the social circles these people run in with other elites, yeah. you know, the stuff that Tucker was saying, uh, it, it, it just didn't uh, translate with them. Right. Right. And and they had a hard time defending it because they didn't watch it. They weren't really in into what this stuff was going on. No. But all they could see is that the viewership continued to well, increase. Well, the one thing they did watch was their checking account increase, basically. Right. That's the one thing oh. the board always watches right there. Um, yeah. and, and Tucker saved Trump's butt right after uh, the 2020 elections okay. when everybody switched to Newsmax because uh -huh. of the coverage on Fox. Actually, Tucker's the guy that resuscitated the whole network and so wherever tucker's going to go and that's the big question if they're going to let him go because he's under contract until december 
of 24. Of 24, uh, yeah. And that they're going to try and keep him under contract all that time well, and not I, let him go. I understand that's going to be the case. The latter that yeah. you just said, I understand, is going to be the case. They're not going to let him go. I, right. I've heard reports, in fact, even I think even Trevor might have commented on this up top of the program briefly, uh, yeah. that uh, not only are they are going to keep him silent, but uh, there are people, and I think he's one of them, that believe that uh, – this was intentional to uh, another progressive move to shut uh, Tucker up, period. Yeah, to, yes, in other words, yes. pay him to get him out of it. Do you, is there some truth to that, you think? Could oh, I, I, I absolutely think that they want that. They don't want him. Okay. They, they, well, first off, they don't want him going someplace and drawing audience because right. he will. That's the first issue. But they don't want him commenting on the election. You know, I'm just thinking here, and even the case I want to talk to right now about Stephen Crowder briefly. But, sure, um, sure. You know, anybody who has any kind of success, one thing I've noted in our country, and I've seen this for decades, I've talked about it many times in the last many decades. I don't want to say how old I am, but it's been a while. <laughs> and uh, But I, I would say that uh, anybody who's had any level of success, uh, they're always on the fringes ready to pull you down and step on you immediately. Yeah. Uh, it is it is sort of the American way. We sort of like to make villains out of our heroes. You understand that? Uh, you know? Absolutely. And, and that's just the way of life here in America. And I'm well aware of that. Uh, so anyways, uh, I want to talk about the Stephen Crowder. He has gone viral a couple of times yeah. over probably by now. And it's been trending on Twitter, trending on other spots here. But evidently, there was one of those ring videos in his back, exclusive little patio place there at his home uh, with mm -hmm. his wife, who's evidently eight months or so pregnant. Uh, I would imagine that's what they say. Uh, she's uh, going to have twins. Uh, wow. He is the father of the babies, I believe. At least I understand that's the case. Um, and uh, so it cost him um, this video, ring video that the family released, uh, the, the wife's family, I believe, and, her, and herself, um, it's the only way you get access to it, clearly, um, yeah. was pretty revealing. And it created a war on social media a little bit here. Let me just read you a couple of comments, okay? Okay. So, And this will give you a real capsule of what we, what is being said out there. So Juanita Broderick says, uh, the uh, Stephen Crowder ring video is very disturbing, to say the least. I will not retweet it because it's everywhere for you to see. There are no words, she says. Mm. Well, not everybody agrees with that. There are a lot of words, and here they are. <laughs> uh, journalist Mark Slavinsky says, not the biggest fan of Candace Owens, but she did a great job with this video. Stephen Crowder is an abuser and a POS. And I think everyone mm. knows what that stands for. Uh, another one, Ask R. Aubrey, says Stephen Crowder verbally abused his pregnant wife. And after all this and so much more, he can't figure out why she filed for divorce. Uh, and then Ashley St. Yeah. Clair says Stephen Crowder's on video telling his pregnant wife she's not performing her wifely duties and saying, I will F you up. And that got a lot of a lot of traction. Those words, I will F you up. Anybody who continues to watch or pay this guy is enabling an abusive, egocentric maniac. Uh, last couple here, Jennifer Van Lars says, if you're a conservative defendant, Steve, Stephen Crowder's blatant psychological abuse of his pregnant wife and obvious control of every aspect of her life, you don't have any right to claim that the left is attempting to destroy biological women through the transgender movement. Wow, interesting. Gretchen yeah. Ultra Smith says, I blocked Stephen Crowder and Candace Owens. Listen to this now. Here's the crux of what I want to talk to you about. She says, I block them because I will continue to block any influencer who detracts from saving our nation. We are in the final battle. 
We will not survive another four years of Biden's unconstitutional agenda. We do not care about personal issues. We care about America. And to bring it to a head, the last one, Matt Count says, the issues between Stephen Crowder and his soon-to-be ex-wife are none of my effing business, nor are they any of yours or any of our other conservative influencers popping off and acting like drama queens on social media. That is why our side loses and can't organize a lemonade stand. All right, so here's the crux, Daniel. Yeah. So you've now got a Republican-Democrat thing going on here influencing there are those who are saying you know it's his personal business whatever he does or others saying that you cross the line of decency when you do these kinds of things uh you see the fight now becomes very political in nature to the election stephen crowder i don't follow the man i don't really know much about him daniel would be really right. honest and truthful with you a lot of these cats i, I don't really get into and their extremist viewpoints uh, whether it's left or right, by the way. Right. And uh, so I don't really know what to make of that, but how does this all filter in? What do you get out of this between the fight of left and right? Do we, don't we, the Republicans always seem to step in a pile of you know what? Right. What becomes this? Given your long history in, in, in broadcasting and media, you've known people like this that are one personality at home in their personal life, and a completely a different person on air. And I, I think that's a terrible combination. I mean, I, don't, I really don't understand how people do that, quite frankly. Uh, but is it, the impact is this. Here is one example against a gazillion examples on the other side. And the scales are never really fair. So now that this has been drug in into the public's uh, attention, you know, everybody's going to pile on, but they forget all the other things that are that are going on on the Biden side of things. And and so I don't follow uh, Crowder. I think he's always been a little bit on the fringe for me. And he's there's just too much hoopla in in his presentation of a lot of things. But I think it, it's a dilemma that's going to and they're going to continue to use this thing and beat us about the neck and shoulders. Uh, it has become entertainment. You know, it's a version, Daniel, of what I call polytainment, polytainment. And it's a very busy intersection of politics and entertainment. But one thing I can tell you for sure, starting here, uh, perhaps tomorrow, uh, there'll be a whole lot of people canceling their ring subscriptions for those videos in their homes. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, isn't that the truth? Isn't that the truth? <laughs> to remind folks now, the Frankly Daniel Show. Daniel is, let me tell you for a fact, he is at the top of his game when it comes to this broadcast stuff. He's been a pretty good student of the game, actually, and he has picked up on a lot of it. I've been really impressed with this program, and uh, it plays 9 a.m. Eastern time, Saturday and Sunday, every weekend, friends. You can hear that broadcast. A big kudos up front to the broadcaster, Trevor Loudon. Love the man. He's fantastic. Uh, and uh, Gordon Chang, uh, what a great voice he is for freedom, I have to tell you. Daniel Baranowski right now here. What a marvelous show. Friends, thank you for joining me here and being on the mission. As always, remember, it is all back at AmericaOutloud.com. Your role out there is to spread the out loud truth from sea to shining sea. And well beyond those seas as well, all over the globe is perfectly fine. Let's get it out there, the outlaw truth, and uh, secure our future here in America. Thanks for joining me on the mission. It's time to get involved and get loud, America.